Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week. This week, we have a lot of news to cover, including the government shutdown, Oscar nominations, Covington High School kids' viral videos, and tons of entertainment news coming up in Trailer Talk and more. I'm Kevin Williams, and I am lucky enough to be co-hosting this show with two great people. So, let's do it ladies first. Absolutely, thank you. I am Sherry Nova. Hello, everyone. I am a writer, sci-fi enthusiast, kindness and oneness advocate, and most importantly, future Doctor Who companion. (laughs) I love hearing that every single week. All right. (laughs) And Tone, let people know who you are. And I'm Anthony Tonsho Nunez, TV and film commentator with a passion for sci-fi, comic books, horror, and pop. What about you, Kevin? Oh, yeah. And I am also a podcaster. I am a co-host on another show, the five-star rated TV channeling. And I also do a little thing called No Malone Radio, where we count down the top movies every single week. But more importantly, what the heck was going on this week, Tone? Let's start off in the early part of the week. What was happening on Monday? Okay, guys. So on Monday, the 2020 presidential race was again in the news as Senator Kamala Harris joined what is looking to be a very crowded race for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. If Harris would go on to become the Democratic nominee, she would not only be the first Asian-American woman, but she would also be the first African-American woman to become a major party nominee for the presidency of the United States. Also joining the race was Pete Buttigieg a 37-year-old Navy veteran who's currently the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And if he were to secure the nomination, he would make the first openly gay nominee of a political major party. What do you guys think? Okay. Um, First of all, what I got to say is Kamala Harris has been everywhere lately on a bunch of talk shows because she's uh, been on a book tour. And... Everywhere she went, she'd get asked the question like, so are you or aren't you? Are you going to run? And she'd be all coy like, I'm thinking about it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. And so, <laughs> and thinking, we all know you're running. You're not fooling anybody. But I didn't think of the genius it was to announce on MLK Day. Absolute mm-hmm. genius. What did you think, Sherry? <laughs> Well, what I think about this is how everyone's like, oh, um, and the, like you're going to split the votes. There's too many Democrats running, blah, blah, blah. One, I think it's awesome that she's running. Woman, Democrat, whatever. I don't care about that part. I just think that everyone who wants to run should run. Here's why. Because I am afraid that someone may decide not to run who could be a truly great candidate and like someone who could actually unify us. I feel like I feel like there could be like this diamond in the rough somewhere that could just show up and just, you know, magnetize us all. Those are my thoughts. Wow. Well, the idea of uh, waiting your turn kind of thing got blown out of the water by, oh, my God, Cortez. I I still have not perfected her name. That's why I should just call her AOC, Um, because uh, waiting in line and thinking that it's not possible for you. 
The woman was a bartender, and now she's a congress of a congresswoman. Um, it's an, it's amazing. And so this guy, uh, Pete, uh, 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 Budalige. Budalige. Okay, yeah, because I can't even. That's another thing. It's just like you know what? At one time we couldn't pronounce Barack Obama. So, <laughs> so <laughs> anything's possible. Um, but you know what? Kevin Williams already just rolls off the tongue. So maybe <laughs> But anyway. <laughs> you heard it here first, um, folks. But he's only 37. He's only 37. And and um I saw him speaking about um his announcement. And he basically was kind of like, you know what? Old people to the side. Grandma, grandpa, back of the bus. I'm taking it from here. And <laughs> I was like, this is so beyond ballsy. And um and to be a an Iraq war veteran and to be a gay man an out gay man and be a mayor and be such a young guy it's amazing I mean of course my first thought was like oh he can't possibly win but you know what anything is possible after what we've been through for the last two plus years anything so hopefully something good is also possible so uh, Tony, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I'm just, I'm just continuously amazed because I, I, it's like at one point I'm like, wow, Senator Warren make a great president. Then I'm like, wow, Biden will make a great president. Then I'm like, wow, this Beto guy is from Florida will make a great president. Now I'm like uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, then, then there's the guy from New Jersey, and, and now this this new guy, this new mayor. Like, there's so many great potential candidates in the Democratic Party. Um, I'm just kind of scared of like what Sci-Fi said. Like it might just we might just split the vote so unevenly at this point. But it's really exciting though to think about 2020 and just mm-hmm. having our current resident out. <laughs> Wait, oh, I am not concerned about splitting the vote. I just know that that is a concern for a lot of people. For me, I'm saying if you have that inkling and you have that desire, raise your hand. Okay, that is all. Uh, also, I want to say about Peter running, I think it is wonderful because I think, like, there are people watching him, you know, and, like, I think he's going to inspire people who wouldn't think to ever run for something like that to also one day take that sort of opportunity, you know? So I think it's wonderful. Well, it also makes me wonder, like, if he were to get the nomination and become president, what would his, uh, he's married, what would his partner be called? And the same thing if Kamala Harris or any other woman wins, what would her husband be called? Will he be the first gentleman? Which is, I guess, the male equivalent to the first lady. Or would Mm -hmm. he be the first dude? Would he be the first (laughs) We wear sunglasses all the time. So... (laughs) Also, one more thing. I just want to make this quick public announcement. I am not Democrat. I'm not a Democrat. And I'm also not a Republican and I'm not a progressive. I'm nothing. I just listen to what people say and just kind of go with what I feel is right. And I feel like both sides have a lot to work on. So if I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans, like I want everyone to know, I don't have a side. I am one of those neutral people. Sherry, you are not nothing. You are everything. (laughs) You're super independent. You tell them. You are Thank you. every millennial woman. I am millennial super woman. independent. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, so what else is going on, Tone? Um, this next one is to be filed under hashtag real Oreo fans only. That's because Oreo's new offering is the most stuff. That's the actual name, guys, of Oreo's new product. 
which promises the most cream ever. This new Oreo is more than double stuffed Oreo. It's so cream filled that each package of this, the most stuff, only fits 18 Oreos. So, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, I think yeah, some of them are really good. Sorry to. Uh, difficulties. All right. So, the crazy thing about these, this most stuff thing is I always thought that the double stuff was more than enough stuff. In fact, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to come out and say something pretty shocking here. And it's pretty controversial. And I hope you guys will still accept me as a co-host. <laughs> and we can still be friends. I am pro no-stuff Oreo. I actually scraped that white gunk out of the Oreo. Oh. And I'm all about just, in fact, please, if you're listening to this, Nabisco, could you please come out with the no-stuff? <laughs> just give me sleeves of those deliciously dark chocolate cookies. Great oh. for dipping into vanilla ice cream That's without awesome. any artery clogging, hydrogenated sugar goo. So <laughs> I would definitely appreciate that. Sherry, what do you think? <laughs> I can't take him anymore. Um. Okay, so I think that it's gross. Actually. What Kevin just said, right? I think it's gross. No, I think that the more stuffed is gross. I think double stuffed is gross. I think Oreos are kind of gross. The only reason that oh my the God. only reason that I throw kinda in there is because I like cookies and cream things and that includes Oreos. So well, yeah, it would just be cream if it were <laughs> <laughs> like I like cookies and cream ice cream and I like the cookies and cream bar, but I want nothing to do with Oreos. Well, well that is something to do with Oreos, though. Hey. I don't like milk, but I like cookies and milk. I don't understand. Nothing to do okay. with milk other than drinking cookies and drinking it. Okay. Maybe I have a problem with the whole with the cookies in whole form. Okay. Yeah. So right. you if yeah, you, you crush like, them, you know what? That's like when people ask me, "Do you like sweet potatoes?" With because there's now sweet potato fries, sweet, sweet potato everything, and just like I only like sweet potatoes in pie form. Any other way, get them away from me. Okay. There, good. There must we be understand. a pie crust involved, people. Okay. Good. Great. Well, I'm good. very excited about the most stuff. I don't know what's wrong with Kevin. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> But I'm really excited about this. I love pumpkin Oreos, and now I, I fantasize about all this cream dipping in in a cup with milk. So I'm wow, uh, well, would wow. You, would, would you be happier if they just gave you a vat of the stuff? You don't even need a cookie. Just here's the stuff. I, think I, I would like that scoops of the stuff. Okay, cause now, do, now is there anybody that thinks that there is actually now too many Oreo flavors? Let me go over just some of the flavors. I actually looked it up, and I was like, what to the what? All right. So there are flavors like cookie dough Oreo, stuff with cookie dough-flavored cream. There's Oreo DQ Blizzard Cream. Mm. There, of course, is the classic Golden Oreo. There's Birthday Cake Oreos. There's Delicious. S'mores Oreos. There's Cool Mint Oreos. For those people who want to be able to have a cookie while brushing their teeth at the same time, um there's a brownie batter oreo there's red velvet oreos i actually tried those and they were deplorable that cream was was supposedly supposed to taste like cream cheese frosting it did not um 
Reese's peanut butter cup Oreo. Wow. Peanut butter Oreo. I don't know what the difference between those two things are. Um, then there's Oreos heads or tails, where one cookie is the golden and one is the classic dark. Um, there's cinnamon bun, lemon twist, marshmallow crispies. Oh my God. Is there, do we have too many Oreos? Have we reached true Oreo saturation, people? Um, I think that they're good in ice cream and the Oreo, um, the cookies and cream bar, but just throw the cookie away. I think, Kevin, <laughs> this most stuff actually hits on a completely different category. Like everything you mentioned was a variation on the actual cookie. We're talking about extra cream here. I know, gross. Yeah, again, yeah, I, I feel like the regular <laughs> amount of stuff is too much stuff. So I, the, the most stuff is is, is actually extra. Upsetting. It's visually upsetting. It's so. just no. It's a no. It's a no for me. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Tuesday. What were, what were the hats? Well, 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 actually, we have one more story for Monday. On uh, Monday, uh, Fox News, Fox and Friends found themselves making news of their own for putting up a graphic briefly on screen. Uh, suggesting that Supreme Court Justice Ruth Gator Bin- excuse me, Ruth Supreme Vader. Court. I was about to say Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Supreme no, Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, who's currently recovering from surgery, um, had passed away. Uh, Fox News, of course, issued a statement apologizing for the error, uh, saying that it was a technical error from their graphics team. I have a question. Yes. yes. Is it normal to like? plan this kind of stuff ahead like is is that normal and i just don't know anything about that like for tv yeah, no, the for newspa- news newspapers and i think news outlets will have obituaries written for every famous person of note um oh. just kind of sitting around um especially wow. when you're like older they have them just ready and they're like there's actually people that's their job like interns stuff like that your job is to update it every year or every so often to update the uh obituary so if somebody does go instantly they'll be able to talk about you know all the different things you've done in your life how you were a co-host of the five-star rated tv channel <laughs> if anything were to happen to me that would be in the bio they'd be ready to go and <laughs> so Wow. But the idea that they already had it literally, they had the graphic not just ready, but they it were was actually, cute. actually put put it up. Right, it, it was cute. So no, I actually think that that is wishful Fox News thinking. They want her to be gone and they were trying to move it along by putting that graphic up to make her have a heart attack or something so Trump would be able to, to install yet another one of his cronies into uh, the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, so that's what I think it was really about. Talk about your fake news. I completely agree. I have, I also looked it up and it seems this is common practice in, in uh, the news area as far as um, keeping these obituaries ready on staff. Um, usually um, people who's um, certain age dictate um, that they keep these on hand. Uh, but I think it's just wish fulfillment. I really think that it's really creepy because um, of all the news outlets, we, we, we definitely know that Fox News would definitely, um, uh, I wouldn't say have a field day, but they're definitely looking for that other conservative judge. So I don't know. It seems, it seems like a really um, oddly timed coincidence for this to happen. Oh, ab- ab- no, it is it is very much shady on their part because, yeah, they, they want a permanent uh, uh, 
conservative, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, hold on the court. And it's already uh, it's already tilted to a uh, conservative side. So because uh, Barack Obama wasn't able to replace the judge that died uh, while he was still president because uh, Mitch McConnell would not bring up, uh, you know, uh, uh, bring him before the Senate to be voted. Wouldn't even let a vote happen. He said uh, it was an election year and that people should have their say. Remember that? Yeah, they should have. They should wait another a full year because mm-hmm. it was too close to the election to let let the people decide. It just that had never been that had never happened before. So I do hope if anybody uh, uh, again, if any, I hope that that Nancy Pelosi will pull the exact same thing. Um, if something were to happen to any other the justices uh, that are seated right now, and be like, you know what, let's just wait for the next election. Let the next president choose this justice. So, yeah, not cool. So well, move- well, some Democrats actually, um, when Kavanaugh was up, some some Democrats were saying, being that it was at, uh, the the, the two year um, election was coming up for the House of Representatives and the Senate that we should hold off on picking a new judge, but the Republicans obviously didn't listen to that. Oh, well, why would they? they of course, it, it's very situational, uh, their thoughts on things. So, so it's like, when they're in charge, it's just like, well, yeah, we should do this, but when they're not, no, we shouldn't do this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not cool. So let's move on to Tuesday, speaking of the Supreme Court. Um, well, correct. On Tuesday, also about the Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court allowed President Trump's military policy uh, regarding transgender troops, uh, which disqualifies most transgender persons from serving uh, unless they meet certain criteria. Uh, the liberal justices were outvoted five to four, um, speaking of the prior story, uh, which allowed the ban to move forward while it's still being debated in the lower courts. Yeah, so that this is one of those things where people say elections matter. This is where elections matter, and they can matter in your life in all kinds of ways uh, through Supreme Court decisions. And so this was Kavanaugh's time to shine and uh, be the deciding vote to uh, let this ban happen. But I actually saw a really interesting meme that summed up this situation to me perfectly. Uh, in the meme, it showed a picture of these uh, coffins being uh, unloaded from an aircraft carrier, and they were all draped in American flags. And it's and and the caption read, uh, "Hey, Trump supporters, which one of these is trans?" So the idea, <laughs> the the idea that people would no matter what their sexual preference, their sexual the, their gender identity that they're willing to risk their lives and give their lives for this country. (laughs) And we're going to be like upset about like, well, wait a minute, what parts did you have when you were born versus what parts do you feel that you should have? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're willing to pick up a gun and fight for this country, that's all I care about. I don't really care what's going on in your pants or -hmm. what you're doing with what's in your pants late at night. As long as you're willing to fight for this country, that's all that matters. What do you two think? Sherry? Yeah, I'm... We... (laughs) (laughs) Sherry's weak. I I just feel like we argue things that are just so dumb. I mean, okay, so apparently there are 1,500, I'm sorry, 15,500 trans service members currently serving right now, and they're all going to need to be replaced. Um, I find it, 
um, so interesting that we're like one of the most, you know, the greatest country in the, in the, in the world. Um, but there are 18 other countries that allow trans people to serve right now. And um, those countries are Australia, Austria, Belgium, Bolivia, Canada, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Israel, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. Like, oh my God, I feel like we're like a Neanderthal country. Like, with the stories that we're presenting, just this administration, I feel like we are the Neanderthal of the world right now. Like, that's just how I feel. And I just, and also the fact that this is a 180 from Obama was policy. I believe he allowed trans, uh, trans, trans uh, absolutely. Trans that's that's why there's over fifteen, um, like you know, thousand or whatever, or hundred, whatever she, whatever number you gave, uh, that were serving because mm-hmm. he, this was an absolute change from that policy. So this is a reversal. Like we're stuck. I hate to say it, but these last two years, we just keep going back. That, that's why that's the whole point of elections matter. I mean, this makes me think about all the people that were like that were Democrats and independents and like Sherry nothings that were like couldn't hold their <laughs> nose and vote for Hillary Clinton. And now, there, there were crazy people like even Susan Sarandon saying like, well, is there really a difference between Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton? Hell yes, there's yes. a difference. <laughs> there's absolutely a difference. You and can, so we're living through the nightmare of this difference right now. Okay, but at the same time, though, I feel like if we hired Hillary, we would be in, like, a bunch of different, like, crazy wars right now. But I'm a nothing, so I'm going to be over here in my corner. But I, that's one, one thing that's so crazy to me is the idea that Hillary Clinton was more warmongery and crazier than Donald Trump. I don't Not understand crazy, what you Not crazy, just warmongery. Yeah. That she was just itching to start wars, but Donald Trump is like basically walking around carrying a, a handful of daisies. I don't, I don't understand. I know you don't understand. It's just leave me in my nothingness. <laughs> I, I have no comment on that. I just, I just think it's we're, we're just going backwards. I agree with you both on that. This is just backwardness. Yes, we are regressing. We're regressing. Oh my God, you crazy! We are not little... progressing. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! You're turning me into Grandpa Simpson, Sherry. <laughs> I'm taking my fist to clouds. All right. Um, okay. So, so, what, what, so what was the next story. So also on Tuesday, after a firestorm of controversy ignited surrounding a viral video of Covington Catholic High School student Nick Sandman staring down Native American Vietnam veteran. Nathan Phillips during last Friday's Indigenous Peoples March in Washington, D.C. Now, student Nick um, Sandman was filled smirking and standing inches away from Native American activist Nathan Phillips' face, and he was wearing this MAGA hat while his fellow students, many of which were, many of which were also wearing MAGA hats, uh, jeered Phillips on um, while, he, while he was right in front of his face while, while this, this activist was performing this, this Indian movement song in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Now, a lot of people obviously were outraged by this, and it took the social media to voice their outrage by what they perceived to be disrespectful in the video by the students. But as more clips emerge with different viewpoints of the event, the more people's perception of the event continues to change. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Okay, um, I think um, more proof that we are regressing. I think that it is a public display of privilege, whether that is wealth, whether that is your race, 
I think it's sad, and I don't have more words. All right, yeah, uh, I I agree. The there the the story uh, uh, was brought out because there was another video that showed that there was some group, and I believe they're called the Black Israelites, that were seen and heard yelling um, at the uh, Covington kids, uh, and there was back and forth. Uh, I shouldn't say back and forth. They they were the they were being yelled at, and then apparently one of the Covington kids asked one of the chaperones, "Can we sing like their fight song or their school song to drown out what they were saying?" And I guess the Native American elder and the group that he was with felt like there was tension between these two groups, and they might something might you know uh, violence might erupt or something, and that's what the, he came between the two groups and started doing some kind of a. Uh, peace dance or ceremony or something and uh the covington kids were kind of doing tomahawk chops and stuff like that and clearly to me disrespecting uh the native american uh group as well as the um uh the 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 the, the group elder and so it was very upsetting I, I i was absolutely triggered by seeing the original video then other videos came out with the covington uh kids uh, yelling at some girls, calling them, you know, sluts and stuff like that. And one of the other kids was uh, caught on video saying, it's not rape if you like it. So it's just like, then more then uh, more deep background came out on the Covington Academy where uh, uh, the, some of the kids were in blackface during sporting events. It just It, it just kept growing. And, and, and uh, the, the main uh, kid that was in the video was on the Today Show this week. His parents hired a crisis manager and uh -huh. some media coach. And so they presented him and made him look as adorable as they possibly could. I think they put blush on him or rouge or something. He, like, he, he looked like Shirley Temple, I swear. It was like, what? That's not the same kid. Um, <laughs> and so they even shot him from above to make him look smaller. I'm like, I know what you're doing, Today Show. Thanks a lot, Savannah Guthrie. So next, uh, thank you, Ariana Grande. Ne yeah, thank you. Next, Savannah Guthrie. I'm done with you. But anyway, um, one of the things that also came up from this uh, is Alyssa Milano <laughs> got some controversy because she said that uh, actress Melissa Alyssa Milano, in case you don't know, charmed. Who's the boss? Anyway, um, she got into uh, trouble. Uh, by from some other people like I'm hoisting her up on my shoulders personally but um anyway um where she said uh in a tweet they got a huge reaction both pro and con uh uh let's see MAGA hats uh is the new white hood without white boys uh being able to empathize with other people humanity will continue to destroy itself hashtag first thoughts when I wake up so I am all about her. And what do you guys think about, because one of the questions that I had, and I've discussed with uh, uh, some people, is the MAGA hat, the idea that these kids were on a, a field trip, they were there to actually go to a protest march, uh, a pro-life protest march, and they're wearing these uh, MAGA hats. Are the MAGA hats, like, maybe you may not see them as the new, uh, you know, white hood, but are they are they too triggery to wear in public? Or would you want your kid to go walking around with one on because of stuff that just could happen? Because what it kind of stands for in a lot of people's eyes. Well, I personally don't see the MAGA hat as equivalent to, to a white hood. 
Um, I don't agree with the policies that a lot of times people who wear the MAGA hats endorse. But at the same at the same place, I do believe that if this is America and you should be able to wear your MAGA hat. Hell, I even think you should be able to wear your hood. But then you should also deal with the with the <laughs> with the backlash you get for it. So if somebody hates you wearing that hat, that's completely fine as long as it's not violent. So I think people should be able to wear whatever they want. But at the same point, people should have whatever opinion they want of those people who wear such things. Sherry? I think that whatever the original intent was with the MAGA hats creation, it has become a symbol of white supremacy for like the fringe, you know, and it is not being addressed by the MAGA creator. So I think that in and of itself is a big problem because the creator has the ability to, to stop that. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I agree with you, Sherry, that that's what the hat has become a symbol of. Uh, and to me, it's like I said in uh, other shows, that if you're on a team and you notice that there's a lot of Nazis on your team, you, you should be like, wait a minute, maybe I'm on the wrong team. There's too there's There shouldn't be Nazis on a team that I'm going to be on. And so when so many white supremacists it, uh, uh, are sporting these uh, uh, red caps and wearing them and wearing them like, you know, as they're doing like, you know, marches uh, chanting things like Jews will not replace us, then it's just like, yeah, something has happened to this hat. And I agree with you, Tom, that this is America. People can wear whatever they want, including, you know, the whole Ku Klux Klan regalia. Nobody said this, there should be a law against it. But what I'm saying is, do you want to send your kid out uh, to some rally wearing a symbol that's something that a lot of people think of as a symbol of racism and white supremacy. So that that was what my what I was thinking. Um, let me play a little bit devil's advocate here, guys. Now, I obviously don't su- don't support the wearing of the MAGA hat, period, for any of the policies. But I do think that this is a case, I'm going to say, similar to that meme with Pepe the Frog, where certain groups have taken the MAGA hat, just like Pepe the Frog, and made it their own. When the creator of Pepe the Frog, I'm sure, did not intend for its use to be in any type of like uh, uh, controversial, like maybe um, anti-Semite or anti-Semitic um, uh, um, display. Same thing with the MAGA hat. If, if certain uh, hate groups have taken the MAGA hat, like I don't think that the the original intent of the hat was for those groups, even though those people are taking it. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who just support the policies who, who are not like racists who wear this hat. Okay, yeah, so let's uh, not okay, throw I, a ball I, under the bus. I hear you, Tone, but the uh, when the day that Trump announced that he's running for president, one of the first things out of his mouth are uh, Mexicans are rapists. Well, some Mexicans are, some of them are nice, but a lot of them are rapists and kill <laughs> so, And drug dealers. So, and he's wearing those hats and handing them out. So the idea that like, it's just like, he's shocked that it's a two, that people see it as a racist symbol. No, he's not. He's, is he denouncing these racist groups? Um, did he not, when, when a woman was killed and it's during the Charlotte uh, March, um, uh, and there were neo-Nazis. He claimed that there were good people on both sides. When there's neo-Nazis and anyone else, there's not good people on both sides. So yes, he is responsible. If uh, yeah, if some Nazi groups start started using the last weekly logo, then we could be like, well, we're clearly has something to do with us because we have denounced Nazis from start to finish. <laughs> so that's not the same as the wink and nod that Trump seems to be doing. And again, to say that there are good people on both sides and one of the sides is Nazis. 
I can't. I I completely agree with you. I can't. Def- I can't defend that. I just <laughs> okay. find it. I just One find it really hard to, to mention- think that everybody in that in that group can, can agree with that because I, I have hope for some for a lot of people. Absolutely, and that was exactly my point. Like whatever the original intention was behind that hat, um, white supremacy, the fringe of that, I guess, side. Um, are using it as a symbol of white supremacy and the original creator uh, president is not doing anything to stop that he's not doing anything to to turn it around like he's just almost I wouldn't say like endorsing it but he's I feel like adding fuel to that particular fire Mm -hmm. I feel like he sometimes adds fuel to the fire with things that he said some of the things that Kevin said so he's not trying to halt it like he could do that but he's not so. Not even. One other thing I want to say really quickly, because I was really stunned to see. I shouldn't have said. I shouldn't shouldn't have been stunned. That was stupid of me to be stunned. But some people have been coming for the Native American elder that's in the video. Um, uh, again, his name is Nathan Phillips, and so apparently they went digging through his past and found that like forty years ago, apparently he had a DUI or something. And what I love about that is this. These are the same people that when uh, 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 Judge Kavanaugh, before he became Supreme Court Justice, when it was there were allegations that he tried to, he and his friend tried to hold down and rape a girl and cover her mouth, people were like, that was the past. Those were, that was years ago. Are we going to like look at that when we're judging somebody who should be a Supreme Court Justice for life? My answer to that was like, yes, all day, every day, we should be looking at the fact that you tried to rape somebody. Yes, that's an issue. But these same people are like, well, um, why should we listen to this uh, Native American elder or feel sympathy for him being uh, ridiculed or mocked by these group of these privileged teens because he had a DUI 40 years ago? This is the definition of white supremacy to me. But um, anyway, let's go on to the next story, I guess. Well, on Tuesday... Uh, we, we also find out what the Oscars, uh, the best picture nomination, will be this year for 2019. And they include Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on these nominations? Sherry? Um, okay, so... I think obviously Black Panther is a shoe in not in you know the history of of us as a as a country but I think that okay it was an awesome movie so it absolutely deserves it I think that's um I think that's the one I care most about at this moment Okay, well, to me, uh, one of the things, the, the questions I have for you guys, like, do award shows even matter anymore? Or the, the Oscars ratings keep going down. And one of the reasons I think they keep going down is because, sadly, the Oscars are the culmination. They're the apex. They're the climax of the uh, award season. And I feel like I already know who's going to win. It's not about my preference, but the Roma's going to win. I will be stunned, shocked beyond belief if Roma doesn't win. Because Roma won at uh, the Golden Globe. Roma also won at uh, the uh, like Director's Guild. I believe it also won 
at the um, at the Critics' Choice. So um, this weekend is going to be the SAG Awards. We'll see if it wins uh, Best Ensemble. I think is what their equivalent to Best Picture is. So um, th- it's not a lot of ex- it's not a lot of uh, suspense for me because I feel like it's clear who's going to win all the different categories. In fact, right now I'll plant my flag. I also believe Best Supporting Actress is going to go to Regina King. Uh, I believe uh, Best Actor is going to go to Christian Bale for Vice. I believe the Best Supporting uh, Actor is going to go to Mahershala Ali for Green Book. And the Best Actress, I believe, is going to be Glenn Close. So will I be proven right? My guess is like 99% yes. So what do you guys, do you guys even care? Or do you have any dog in this hunt, in this fight? Do you, is there tone? Are you rooting for anybody in particular? Well, um, let, I, have two, I have two bits I want to add. One, let me add a little bit of color for people who are listening about, about these movies that are, that are nominated. Black Panther is the first comic book movie nominated for Best Picture. If you're at home thinking, wait a second, what about The Dark Knight? You're correct. The Dark Knight was not nominated for Best Picture, even even though um, best supporting actor did go to um, to, to the late um, I don't believe I'm uh, Heath Ledger uh, for his portrayal of the Joker, so Black Panther is breaking uh, breaking boundaries just by being nominated. Now Black Klansman is the newest entry in director Spike Lee's joint. That's the latest Spike Lee joint movie, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, it, it's the it's the story of Queen, but uh, specifically the story of. Um, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Thank you, Kevin. I'm missing that. And there was a little bit of controversy surrounding the film because uh, director Brian Singer was asked to leave uh, in this movie, uh, when he was directing this movie. Uh, Green Book, um, um, Kevin mentioned, um, I always forget this man's name. Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. It's not easy. Uh, He's a great actor. I I was interested to him in the the 4400. He's a great actor. And I wouldn't be surprised. I agree with Kevin if he, if he took the supporting actor home. Uh, Roma is Netflix entry into the Best Picture nominee. Um, it, this movie is definitely like an art film. It's a, it's a film that's getting a, a, a lot of buzz online, even though I don't think it's anywhere like a Black Panther film, which I feel like the popular um, vote would go to. And then you have A Star is Born, which is uh, obviously the, the, Lady, um, the Lady Gaga movie, which I, which I would say is kind of competing with Bohemian Rhapsody because both of them um, deal with music. And Vice, which um, Christian Bale, my man, definitely com- he, he converted himself into another person for. So um, I definitely think that he should take it, even though I don't think he's going to win. Um, oh, absolutely. And uh, let's see. Uh, Roma, for those of you who don't know, it's available on Netflix right now, so you can go check it out. But I'm going to warn you, um, it has subtitles. So unless you speak Spanish or you're cool with reading a movie, then uh, it may, be not, may not be for you. And I was surprised. I'm not sure. Is it, is it also nominated as Best Foreign Picture, Roma? That's one of the things that I'm not sure about that I, that I don't understand why. I guess that you, you can do so well that you transcend that category. But honestly, this is going to sound controversial. So I'm prepared for people to come for me. But <laughs> I feel like foreign language films should not be up for Best Picture. That's what that category is for for uh, uh, for best foreign film, foreign language film because like like when it comes to foreign films we don't consider other England like a movie that's from like say uh, uh, from the UK or from Australia or Canada 
those are considered foreign films as foreign language film is the is the category and so to have this i mean pan's labyrinth i believe was also a foreign language film that i think was up for best picture and i actually did watch that movie but it was most it was a lot of incredible visuals but it was a foreign language film and in general i am not cool with reading a movie so you better have a lot of gratuitous nudity to make me read a movie uh, and speaking of Pan's Lambert, Guillermo del Toro um, last year won Best Picture with, um, I, I believe, the most uh, Shape of Water. So, look at Kevin; he 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 didn't have to show you how to read to win Best Picture. So that was great. <laughs> I don't want to read a movie. Um, and to, and to the second part of your question, really quickly, Kevin. Um, I do agree with you. It seems like every year, uh, I'm not sure if it's a, I don't want to dump on your generation, uh, Sherry, maybe it's a millennial thing, <laughs> but I don't know if you guys don't seem to like award shows. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, sure. Of course I can speak on behalf of every single one of us. Um, <laughs> I think when I was like younger, award shows were very exciting, but right now, like I do not care at all all i feel like it's more something for the actors and actresses and directors to enjoy it really that like that's how i feel about it but considering that i'm a future doctor who companion i do hope to care one day because i will actually be involved in the industry <laughs> so there's that yeah, and also, I don't know about you guys, but I have a DVR, so I never, I do watch the Oscars every single year, being the movie slash TV junkie that I am, but I cannot stand, A, the nonstop commercials, the, the commercial breaks are super, super long, so there's that, then B, I'm sorry, all the lesser awards, I don't care who Best Sound Mixer is, Best Sound Editing. I, I, I'm happy for you and your family and people in the industry care. There's actually a technical Oscars award those awards there because <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anybody who's ever been like, well, what movie should we see? Oh, well, wait a minute. Well, who's the sound editor for that movie? <laughs> Jeff Smith. Oh my God, we have to see it. His sound <sighs> editing is great, you guys. No, we don't give a damn about best sound editor. We absolutely don't care. <laughs> You're wasting time. The show is more than three hours long. So let's mm -hmm. keep it moving, people. I want to know who the best actor is, best actress, best supporting actor and actress, who, uh, best song and uh, best director, best picture, and let's let's go to the parties and drink champagne. Mm -hmm. All yes. right, what's next? <laughs> okay, Kevin. Uh, and for all you at home who can't stand to hear a certain artist, a certain song, a certain playlist, well, Spotify has announced a new feature that's coming soon that will allow you to block slash mute those artists. The don't play that artist feature is currently in testing. What do you guys think about blocking artists on Spotify? Sure. Well, I can't really imagine myself using it because I don't currently subscribe to any genres um, that, ha that have artists that I would really want to block. But I did think, like, if my daughter gets her own Spotify account and there's someone that I know she likes that she shouldn't be listening to, I could use it for her. Oh. So like go on her account and be like, uh, 
know this person, know this person, not appropriate. Of course, she could undo it, but whatever. Well, you know what? I, that makes me uh, want to ask the question. Is there a, is, is, are there any kind of filters uh, for parents when it comes to Spotify where you can say that you can't listen to music that has like, has a, uh, like there's a certain, there's adult rate or explicit ratings on some uncertain songs, explicit versions, which my favorite thing is like, when they try to play rap songs on the radio or you see a, a concert, somebody performing on TV and they bleep out all the cursing and literally it's just like, and then, beep, and then, ah, beep, and then eh, just like they, you hear like three words in the whole four minute song. So, so does Spotify actually have something like that for parents where you can actually choose that? You know what? My kids can't listen to any songs that are, that have explicit lyrics. That'd be a cool feature. But as, as, as the source feature you're talking about tone, I absolutely love that idea. It's perfect for the whole mute R. Kelly thing because if you're listening to just playlist, um, like radio style, then anything can anything can pop up in a particular genre like pop or R and B or something. So to be able to say, I don't want to hear this artist, this artist, this artist, because believe me, there are some people that I do not like even beyond uh, them, you know, urinating on children. Um, I just don't want I don't like their music, <laughs> even if they're not doing that. Um, so I'd like to basically, uh, block them out. So I absolutely love that idea. What about you, Tone? Um, I, I, I think this is a very, um, 2018, 2019 way of thinking <laughs> of things. I remember when Twitter introduced the whole block of certain, um, hashtags or certain keywords. So you wouldn't have to see those because let's say you're not a fan of Taylor Swift. You don't want to see Taylor Swift's name or the Kardashians. So I welcome this because there's so many artists who I don't agree with their behavior that I don't want to listen to. I guess I'm getting older. So I definitely agree with this. This will be a, this will be a cool feature. Well, well, first of all, I didn't know I was able to, what I cannot see. I can actually choose never to see anything having to do with the Kardashians again. You can oh on Twitter. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You, you so made my life so much better. I just looked and it seems that you do have parental controls on Spotify to prevent children from it accessing explicit lyrics oh my god that is great so that's actually great news now speaking of muting uh r kelly taraji p henson from uh what uh what's the name of that damn show her show i do not watch her show (laughs) (laughs) help me somebody oh my god the the lions family their uh oh my empire thank you Cole. you're, you're thank welcome you, Kevin. <laughs> oh you're welcome God. you came through yet again right. <laughs> i like their own person of interest but go ahead from empire and uh, other movies and tv shows um she's being criticized for being on social media uh, and she was basically questioning the whole mute r kelly hashtag because there's no equivalent mute Harvey Weinstein uh, uh, hashtag. So she got a lot of blowback, and the last time I checked, she has not responded to it. But the crazy thing about it is, uh, I don't know what you guys think, but the reason why this this story was so crazy to me is the fact that R. Kelly is a singer, so we're muting his music, because each time he's played on Spotify or any other musical uh, streaming platform, he gets money. Mm-hmm. Um, there is last time I checked, you can't go listen to Harvey Weinstein's greatest hits. And so, if you could, if if Harvey Weinstein was rapping, kicking it old school, I would absolutely mute him as well, Taraji P. 
Sherry. <laughs> well, I think that she's entitled to her opinion, and I don't have to understand it. Sherry. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> See, again, she is a kindness advocate, people. I am. But, Kevin, what you said makes total sense with meeting because he's an artist and he gets paid. Totally get it. But, um, yeah, I think she's entitled to her opinion. And she's dealing with whatever, you know, or the consequences of her personal opinion. Yeah, no, no, yes. Everybody has a right to their opinion, but but even when it's it's clearly wrong opinion, you have the right to have it, um, a Taraji P. And what does that damn P stand for? Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, I agree with Sci-Fi. She's also entitled to her opinion. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with her opinion. I think this is an argument, not just her, but a lot of people tend to put out there, which is like a but what about this person? What about that? And it's an argument that, that's used, I believe, to confuse and disorient people from what they should be actually paying attention to. Like, for example, you say, oh, such and such was accused of such crime, and the person will reply, well, but what about this person? What about Hillary Clinton, for example? Well, Hillary Clinton is not the president, so she, at this point, is not responsible for anything that's happening. So don't tell me what Hillary Clinton did. Don't tell me what Obama did when we're talking about our current president. And don't tell me about Harvey Weinstein when people are talking about specifically something that allegedly R. Kelly might have done. So I think this is an argument people use a lot to confuse and kind of move people off of a target or a person that should be being looked into. So this whataboutism is something you should look for in the media, especially on, let's say, for example, like on Fox News, for example, where someone might say, hey, what about the prior administration when we're talking about something specifically that the current administration is doing? So pay attention to that, folks. Mm. Oh, yeah. Anybody, when everybody's diverting you to something, what about so-and-so? Then just like, yeah, it feels so schoolyard. So, yeah, n- n- thank you. Next. Again, this show is dedicated to Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, also speaking about R. Kelly, guys, um, Erica Badu also caused some backlash for making comments on stage at a concert, which some in the crowd interpreted as her asking for forgiveness for R. Kelly. Uh, she later went on Twitter and, and tweeted, uh, let me let me quote here. I love you unconditionally, period. That doesn't mean I support your poor choices. I want healing for you and anyone you have hurt as a result of you being hurt. Is that strange to you? That's all I ever said. Anything else has been fabricated or taken out of context. Uh, dash EB, which stands for Erica Badu, end of quote. Uh, so a lot of people obviously um, thought that she, again, was making excuses for R. Kelly, like some people have. And they definitely were given to her on social media. Did you guys hear about this? Yeah, absolutely. She got booed during her concert in Chicago um, after making some comments about R. Kelly to the crowd. The crowd turned on her. And so she had to, and the video of that went viral. So that's why she addressed it on social um, talking about it. But again, this whole idea of uh, forgiveness for R. Kelly, praying for R. Kelly and, you know, uh, turning the other cheek. Yeah, I feel like you can't forgive somebody until they've admitted that they did something wrong and asked for forgiveness. There are still currently women that are being uh, held, allegedly, don't sue us, uh, in his, like, sex cult, allegedly. Um, don't sue us. <laughs> anyway, so... so allegedly. Uh, the idea that we're going to have some kind of prayer circle or candlelight vigil for him now, no. You know what? Once, he is be- Once he's actually paid the price... 
once he's actually either pled guilty or been charged and gone to jail and has some kind of remorse, then we can all get to, we can all, we'll go to Pier 1, get some candles, we'll light them, and we'll sing a couple of, we'll sing I Believe I Can Fly in his honor. But until then, no dice. Mm. Cherry. (laughs) (sighs) What Kevin said. (laughs) What Kevin said. I guess our tone, you know, <laughs> uh, I, again, I, I, I agree with, with Sherry's earlier comment. I, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion, but don't be surprised when other people are entitled to their opinion about your opinion. That's right. all I'm going to say. I mean, it's so clear. I love it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And all the complaints about my statement can go to our uh, go to us last weekly on Twitter. Feel free to complain. All right. Tony. Now, also on Tuesday, guys, a comedian Tig Notaro offered a local Pittsburgh comedian. His name is John Dick Winters. That's a real name, guys. John Dick Winters. She offered him a spot opening up for her in Harrisburg after he backed out as protests from doing a gig where Louis C.K. was also supposed to perform. Did you guys hear about this? Okay, I actually did hear about it. And first of all, I already thought that Tig was cool, but I, she is beyond cool now uh, for doing this. I'm, I, I appreciate people who take a stand, even when that stand is going to cost them some dollars or, or notoriety. So the idea that this, uh, this John uh, uh, Dick Winters... <laughs> that's a real way i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be on the stand on the same stage as lewis ck um i appreciate that because one thing i was really disappointed with uh, a couple weeks ago uh janine garofalo somebody i've liked for a long mm-hmm. time and i've been rooting for a comeback for her she mm-hmm. was actually defending lewis ck and saying how he suffered enough and so like you know again last time i checked lewis ck hasn't been to jail for anything that he did uh to women uh, that were underneath him and had no weren't in a position to stop what he was doing. Not cool. So I'm I'm really tired of people apologizing for these celebrities that are doing a lot of stuff. These Me Too people are the idea that we're supposed to just like forgive people five seconds after they've done they after they were uh, had been had uh, what they've been doing is comes out into the media and so oh we're supposed to be over it five seconds after and the cowardliness of Louis C.K where he would just appear at comedy clubs. So people are there with their, with their you know, family, friends, or whatever, partners, to see a comedy show. And then Louis C.K. appears. And, uh, and, and so people, I've been told, well, they are free to leave at that point. But no, put your name on the bill and say, oh, Louis C.K. is appearing at this club. And then I can take my dollars elsewhere. Because I'm not, I'm not going to spend any money in an establishment that is supporting that guy. I completely agree. I feel like, um, uh, for one, I, I, I think, like I said, uh, like I said before, everyone's entitled to their opinion, their actions. Like John Dick Winters, they would not want to perform a Louis C.K. Um, I think that's his choice. And I think what you said, Kevin, is a very, is a very, um, is is a very um, strong argument. If let's say Louis C.K. did put his name on 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 the theater and said, "Hey, I'm performing here," and people choose not to go, that's fine. But when you do a surprise appearance, you're kind of robbing people of an evening. Because let's say those people who showed up are not fans of yours and don't agree with your behavior, then they have to leave when they paid to be there. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Very different than say when those people in first, um, for example, went to see. Um, I, I can't think of his name now. He was on the soup. Uh, basically, uh, this comedian and he had offensive jokes and people left, but they know who they went to see. It's very different. So this is a case where somebody let's go to a show and 
Um, in this in this case, he did know Louis C.K. was going to be there. He, he he agreed not to do this show, so that's his choice. But I don't I don't like when people are kind of like um, ambushed by, by these comedians that they don't that's agree with. That's a perfect word for it. They're Blindsided, ambushed. yeah. Mm-hmm. I my thoughts on this is who is she, and who is he, the comedian? I know who. Um, um, Louis C.K. is, but I don't know who Tig is, and I also don't know who the guy that she gave an opening to is. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know who uh, John Dick Winters is, but uh, Tig Notaro is a f- very famous uh, stand-up com- uh, female stand-up comedian. She is uh, out. She uh, There was a documentary about her life uh, and her battle with uh, breast cancer, I believe. And um, sh- uh, there are some of her specials are available on Netflix and definitely worth checking out. I think on HBO as well. Oh. All right. So what's okay. the next story? Okay. Um, so we also have some Super Bowl commercial news, guys. Now, usually people are excited about the trailers in the Super Bowl. But instead, the news here is that CBS is rejecting a medical marijuana commercial from airing during the Super Bowl. The commercial is by Acreage Holdings. And it's supposed to be about the legalization of marijuana. It's not really advertising the, the brand itself. So um, did you guys hear about this commercial not playing in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I did. And I, I'm really disappointed. First of all, you call it the Super Bowl. I call it the Concussion Bowl. Oh. At, at concussion, concussion Bowl 2019. Um, so, so, so the idea that people that are paid, <clears throat> excuse me, millions of dollars to give each other concussions every year, <laughs> sometimes paralyze each other, um, that that would be people would be offended by even the subject of medical marijuana being legalized across this country is ludicrous. Sherry, do you agree in the ludicrousness? <laughs> um, I think that it's their prerogative to do what they want um, to not allow the commercial. But what I actually found fascinating is that it was more, I read about it, it said it was more like actually patients giving testimonials about the wonderful results that they had. So it feels like they're more concerned about people being swayed who wouldn't normally be interested in that. So I just found that to be interesting. Like, I wonder why they care, but whatever. Well, that's what commercials do. They try to sway you into buying uh, Oreos with way too much stuff in them. That's what that's about. Yeah. What about you, Tone? Um, I'm not surprised that, that that CBS decided not to air this. Like again, it, it's it's their network. They're gonna air what they want. On this, um, I remember all the <laughs> all the outrage and the upsetness about uh, the whole Janet Jackson uh, nipple slip. Um, so I think marijuana. It was a wardrobe malfunction. Okay, <laughs> but I found that to be. Um, less shocking than, than marijuana even though I, marijuana is um, legal in, in many states right now uh, even though federally it's not legal so uh, CBS is going to do what they want. Um, there was also uh, some buzz uh, about a devour frozen food porn Super Bowl ad which was making the rounds online. Uh, the title says it all basically. They have a one minute uncensored video online right now you can watch on YouTube. And there's going to be airing a 30-second spot, which is going to be a much more tamer version about this devour food porn. Um, By the way, for you guys, um, the CBS, um, the CBS, a CBS charges $5 million for a 30-second spot. Um, So did you guys hear about devour food porn? 
Absolutely, I did. And for starters, I want to say um, I've had several <laughs> of the Devour um, meals, and they are delicious. Okay. Okay, Besides- well, they're not sponsoring us, so <laughs> uh, To sponsor us, please contact Kevin. Um, <laughs> Uh, but aside from that, I watched the commercial, and there's this scene where spoiler, spoiler, you've got three seconds. Um, there is this scene where the wife pulls the magazine down from somewhere and she opens it, and there is a glob of white, creamy, sticky substance inside <laughs> the magazine. When you open it, oh my god, this commercial is like out of control. I thought it was awesome, but totally understand why they're not going to air it. Oh, you yeah, know, there's at one point, uh, and that's something we're doing spoiler alerts for commercials now. That's that's what we're doing in 2019. <laughs> but um, at one point, when his wife is like looking around the house, but the whole parody, the idea is that her it's like an, an addiction to porn. No, he's addicted to food porn. He's addicted to devour food, and he's 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 addicted to uh, to uh, to glossy ads of it. Like he's like he's up he's at the computer in the middle of the night, like uh, at the laptop, staring at pictures of the devoured like devoured commercials. And his wife walks in like, "What are you doing?" Like nothing, nothing. <laughs> Being caught at one point. The part that I don't understand is she's looking under the bed and she finds all these crumpled. I guess we'll say napkins. <laughs> um, so I don't know what's happening exactly. I know what's happening, I mean, Kevin. I, I, I apparently the food is good, but is it that good that you need that much Kleenex to clean up after eating it? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I saw the commercial on YouTube, guys, and. It definitely is triggering for some people. <laughs> I would kill it. Definitely trigger for some people, and um, I, I don't know. I was kind of surprised that they went there, right? And I really, I'm really surprised that they went there. Um, um, I, I can only describe it as something that I would see like uh, like a prank commercial that I would see like on Pornhub. But this was pretty cool. Oh no, this is absolutely. I can see why they went there because all the free advertising they're getting. There's so many stories about this commercial and the fact that there's going to be a censored version of it on. Uh, they they knew that the, the the minute version was not going to make the cut. They mm-hmm. knew that the that sticky substance was not going to air. On oh CBS. my god! <laughs> so uh, uh, so all, we're talking about it, and Sherry is test giving a free testimony about how incredibly delicious it is. They're so, delicious. This was genius absolutely genius now speaking of delivering food on wednesday uh george mason university students will be walking into the future because robots will be delivering their food kevin what can you tell us about this Okay, this is like super creepy, you guys, or or super great. It's up to you. So the the, the uh, these these little robots will uh, uh, will be uh, filled with the different foods deliveries, and will actually be able to find you. I guess they like lock onto your phone or whatever, and they will move around the campus, find you, and then you like uh, enter some kind of code. It opens up, and you get your delicious treats. So is this incredibly is is this incredibly convenient or is it the beginning of the rise of machines and one day our robot overlords are using us as batteries? Actually, (laughs) actually, there's an app for that. And 
you actually pick a destination where you want to where you want the robot to meet you so if you want to meet at the library then you drop a little pin at the library and then it will come to you if you wanted to come outside your dorm then you can do that so it doesn't like find you by like you know planting a oh, chip so it's, so in your basically you guys are you and the robot are hooking up you exactly. are planning to meet somewhere exactly. meet me in the alley behind the dorm robot exactly green cleaning <laughs> <laughs> We're controversial too, Devour. <laughs> I personally think this is this is all like we're 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 headed to an obesity epidemic. Like robots are literally bringing food to you. Like you don't even have to leave your dorm or your apartment anymore. This is like Amazon Prime on drugs. But the, but the, but there's a bigger issue uh, besides the hot robot sex. The issue is <laughs> all the sexy delivery people that you used to have sex with, they won't be delivering food to you because it's being delivered by robots. What about when it comes to the job situation? Um, all the humans that would be delivering people uh, and in porno films, they'd be delivering pizzas with extra sausage. What about that? <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. What do you mean delivering extra I mean, sausage? If, if robots are delivering food, then uh, that that means less jobs for people actually delivering that food, Tone. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> the porn reference completely threw me off. I, I completely agree, but somebody has to maintain these robots, Kevin. So I'm assuming you're going to have to go from being a delivery person to someone who gets a little bit more training and you have to service the delivery food bot. So Yeah, but okay, but how many how many delivery people would there be versus like what? Two tech guys that are basically uh lubing up those uh, uh wheels on the robot uh on the robot delivery uh robots. Uh, I so that to me is an issue. <laughs> the idea that they're um you know, the same thing like with, when it comes to I I think we're about less than 10 years away from no more truck driving jobs. That's that's all going to be done by uh by uh artificial intelligence. Uh Uber jobs, they're the Uber jobs, you enjoy it while you, you smoke them while you got them because soon the Uber uh Uber will just have a fleet of uh robotic cars driving around picking people up. Okay, guys, but you guys are ignoring the most important aspect of this entire story. The robot manufacturer's name is Starship Technologies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God, that is important. Well, at least it's not called Matrix Technologies, so they're letting letting us know what's to come. Okay, if they deliver one, they they deliver pizza, Starbucks, and Dunkin' Donuts for $1.99 per delivery. One ninety nine? Are they out of their mind? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> please come to please come to the Southern California. <laughs> I am ready for our robot overlords. Probably a dollar ninety nine can't beat that price. <laughs> and you don't have to tip a robot, Kevin. We're gonna be moving on now to our next story. <laughs> uh, something a little bit more serious than robots delivering food. Uh, an investigation. Sexy robots. Oh God, Kevin! No. <laughs> <laughs> like I said on Wednesday, in an investigation by the Atlantic, uh, film director Brian Singer has been accused of allegedly sexually assaulting minors, uh, including a 13-year-old boy on a set of his 1998 film *At Pupil*. Uh, Brian Singer, of course, uh, denies all these allegations. 
Now, if you remember, Brian Singer is the same director that I was uh, referencing before in um in, in the Oscar nominated uh, best film Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, he actually left that film. Um, there was some controversy there. Um, Kevin, you want to um, yeah? There's a couple, there's a couple of things. There's been some breaking news since that story came out a couple of days ago. So, uh, Glad, uh, this is it's a it's a gay, lesbian, transgender uh, organization that that focuses on how gays and other you know LGBT groups are represented in the media, and they announced that Bohemian Rhapsody will no longer be eligible for best original film. Uh, nomination at this year's GLAAD Media Awards following the new accusations. And there are new, new accusations. I mean, there have been accusations before. So this is, this man is no stranger to accusations of him having sex with children. That needs to be said. Uh, but after that, uh, it was announced that he was already slated to uh, be directing a reboot of the 80s I wouldn't. I can't call it a classic. It's just an old movie called Red Sonia. They're they're rebooting it for some reason. But anyway, this is a statement. Uh, there's a statement uh, that was made about him by one of the producers uh, of the of Red Sonia and the film company that's making it, and uh, the Red Sonia reboot. And his name is Avi Lerner, and he's uh, he made this, this statement to the Hollywood Reporter. And the statement was, I continue to be uh, in development. Uh, wait, let's see. Oh, wait. I continue to be in development for Red Sonia. And Brian Singer continues to be attached. The over 80, uh, I'm sorry, the over 800 million Bohemian Rhapsody has grossed, uh, making it the highest grossing drama in film history is testament to his remarkable vision and acumen. Uh, I know uh, the difference between agenda-driven fake news and reality, and I am very comfortable with this decision. In America, people are innocent until proven guilty. Well, to that, I have to say, apparently, money talks, repeated child abuse allegations walk. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, when you say Brian Singer, what I think about is uh, Corey Feldman and uh, the documentary that I watched and how he's been trying to talk about this guy for several years and all of the uh, sickness that he has brought to young men. That is all. Yeah, it's, 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 it's disturbing. And I actually wonder, and again... I'm not a. I, I'm not alleging. I, I mean, I am. I'm, this is alleged. I, I just no. Don't sue us. We don't have any money. But it makes me question this. That this man who's basically co-signing this this producer is just like. Are you with? Like, I don't understand how somebody can be so cavalier about like you know innocent till proven guilty, where where there continues to be smoke, decade after decade there is fire. Why would all these adult men? be coming forward now talking about what this man did to them when they were children. Um, everybody's lying. They've been, everybody's been lying for decades about this man and you're still happy to work with him. And then pointing out how much money uh, Bohemian Rhapsody made to me has zero to do with working with somebody who's been repeatedly accused of doing this kind of thing, repeatedly accused. So I just, I can't. And it, it to me, 
what's going to only thing that's going to stop this kind of thing from happening people like this continuing to get jobs is people not supporting projects made by people who've repeatedly been accused of child molestation can we at least raise to that level as a as a society where we don't support people who have repeatedly been accused of child molestation over decades is that too much to ask it's not too much to ask but i'm pretty cool and neutral about the whole thing yes i don't really have an opinion so let's i guess let's move to the next story before i like burst a blood vessel so let's move on to Thursday, guys. So on Thursday, uh, we have the government shutdown. So Donald Trump dared Nancy Pelosi to cancel a State of the Union speech. So she did. <laughs> um, well, she didn't cancel it. Basically, uh, usually um, the, the, the Speaker of the House um, sends an invitation, like technically sends an invitation to the president um, to come give the State of the Union. And she said basically because of the, the what's happening with the shutdown that there was a security concern because we're all talking about the head of state and everyone associated as who's going to be president. And because of the security concern and all the people that were furloughed, that it would be best if they postponed the, the State of the Union. Or she said that he could give it in writing. Um, he then kind of responded last week. We spoke about this by canceling her uh, trip that she had overseas. A lot of, a lot, like we said, a lot of people thought this was basically tick for tack, and there were, um, there was Donald Trump's way of said, telling her, "Well, I can cancel your trip if you cancel the State of the Union." Well, now he said that he is canceling the State of the Union until the shutdown is over. Um, what do you guys think about this? Well, uh, first of all, uh, the idea that he blinked—I don't know what, who does he think he's dealing with—that he thought that Nancy Pelosi was gonna, he was gonna write to her and publicly say, like, "Yeah, I, I dare you to." to cancel this because I'm showing up. And she's all like, oh, I'm in charge of everything, including the lights. There will be no lights, there will be no camera, and there will be no action. So, again, thank you. Next. We get tribute to Ariana Grande. So, anyway, um, <laughs> so um, the, 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 the great thing is that since this happened, literally yesterday, there's been so much news. Um, there's been so much stuff that's happened with the government shutdown. First, there was that. Then, um, Tone, don't you have uh, stories of repeatedly people that are in the, on the Trump team saying incredibly stupid stuff about the shutdown and the people who were furloughed? Well, well, yes. Uh, well, sec- there was a lo- there was a lot of buzz online about Secretary of Commerce, uh, Commerce uh, Wilbur Ross, uh, who was a multimillionaire, uh, billionaire. Uh, who's a billionaire, uh, saying that he doesn't understand why federal workers are not getting paid during the Trump shutdown. Um, basically saying that they should be able to go to, uh, to, to banks and just ask for loans, like th- that these people are basically going to food and shelters and requiring food from shelters because they just don't understand that they can go to a bank and ask for a loan. So a lot of people obviously took offense to that, saying that he was out of touch. Did you guys hear Uh-oh. these comments? Beyond out of touch, he, he literally doesn't understand that the, the concept that there are people that have to live paycheck to paycheck and not being paid for a month is a huge hardship. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay for their health insurance. There are people that I actually saw stories on the news that were having to choose between insulin and food. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just beyond just disgusting. And one of the things that, that was even crazier 
is that Trump trying to defend what he said was saying that, you know, people understand what's happening right now with the government being shut down. You can go to your grocer. Your grocer will understand what's happening. I'm like, Wait a minute. <laughs> what universe are you living in where you oh just go God. to the grocery store, you go to Kroger's or Ralph's or in my area of Ralph's, Vaughn's, uh, Trader Joe's and just be like, you know what? You know, there's a government shutdown. And I'm an air traffic controller and I have hungry kids in the car. Can I just take what I need and come back later with cash? What oh, the fuck's wrong great. with him? What is I mean, wrong it's with like him? how insanely out of touch. And speaking of Trump and being out of touch, what did Laura Trump say? One of uh, one of Trump's uh, daughter-in-laws. Daughter-in-laws. Uh, well, she was saying that federal workers without pay is it's just a little bit of pain for them, and that they should understand that it's a much they should it's a much bigger issue that's being handed here. So the little bit of pain is horrible. But they should be taking this on the chin, basically, because there's a much uh, bigger issue that's being addressed. Okay, well, let's get to the core of this bigger issue. This man has been holding literally hundreds of thousands of people's lives, actually millions of people, when all the people that are connected to these different government agencies that are that are furloughed, laid off, people that are being forced to work because uh, they're not they're essential and not be paid. Those the this is all about him wanting a wall built on our border with Mexico. And to this, I have to say something that I don't know, maybe comic book fans will understand. There's a problem with this thing, these things called walls. They have three, count them, three mortal enemies. One of their mortal enemies is the grappling hook. One of their <coughs> other mortal enemies is the shovel. Cause you can dig right underneath the wall and be on the other side of it. And mm -hmm. their last bow is pretty obvious. It is called a ladder. So the idea that this wall is going to keep us safe from the scary brown people is lunacy. Sherry? Yeah, so I heard that one of the things that they were shouting is no more food banks, we need paychecks. And like... To, to go from having your steady job and like knowing where your money is going to go and having everything planned and laid out to like be struggling for your basic necessities over your president's like insane request. How embarrassing for the president, like in my personal opinion, he should be super embarrassed to have people who work for his agency struggling and in these insanely precarious positions because he has these crazy unrealistic asks. I don't understand. Like he should be so embarrassed that he's making people homeless and hungry and choose between their medicine over his fucking requirements. It's, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Okay. And speaking of that, uh, uh, wasn't there a story about a letter that was sent to a lot of uh, uh, people that lived in a particular apartment complex tone? Um, yeah, there was a story about uh, how furlough district heights residents was frustrated over a letter that was sent to their complex. Um, let's see if allegedly. Uh... Basically, it was the letter was threatening them <laughs> that. If the government shutdown continues and you basically, if you don't pay on the first, it's like, you know, pack your bags kind of thing. And so the, the, apparently the, he, the, the, whoever the, was the writer of that letter, that landlord, apparently didn't 
listen to what the president said about your grocer and banks uh, uh, with mortgages and your landlords. Everybody's going to understand and will feel like totally like let, uh, let it slide if you can't pay them for a couple of months because I'm having a temper tantrum about a wall that uh, can be defeated by a shovel. So the good news is, oh, well, there was one other thing that happened earlier this morning. Um, there, the basically our airports pretty much came to a screeching halt because apparently air traffic controllers are, have been forced to work like ten-hour shifts um, for not five but six days a week uh, uh, to keep planes in the sky and keep Americans safe without pay. And sadly. These mm-hmm. people to feed their families, to pay their mortgages, to pay their rent, and get medicine for their children were also driving Uber and working at restaurants mm-hmm. after working a 10 hour shift, an incredibly stressful job, trying to keep thousands of people's planes from crashing. They had to work another job to feed their friggin' families for this man's vanity project that Mexico was supposed to pay for. So because of that, I guess that was the breaking point because as of today, Friday afternoon, uh, the president announced that uh, there was a deal to end the government shutdown. How long? Until February 15th. So the good news is we can kick it all the way through Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And then he's actually already threatened to shut it down again Mm -hmm. if he doesn't get what he wants by that date. So my thoughts summed up on all these stories related to the government shutdown are, and I've heard people say this and I completely agree with it. Ask yourself, when the president had uh, both houses of Congress, he had the Senate and he had the House of Representatives and he was in the White House for two years, why was this not a national emergency where he had to shut down the government? When he had all the power in the world and he had all three, why didn't he propose his wall then? Ask yourself that question. That's the only thing I have to add. Well, the last thing I want to say about it is uh, because Ann Coulter and Rush Limbaugh basically dared him to do this. We're in this position. These people have suffered. Lives have been in danger. Uh, the FBI has said that there's cases that they haven't been able to, you know, there are rapists and murderers out there. They're still able to be out there because mm-hmm. they have been uh, taxed beyond belief because there's certain parts of uh, running the FBI the shockingly that takes money and not having money they were able to basically clear cases and, and investigations have had, been, have had to be put on pause and who there's there's not even a telling the, the financial price will one day be you know uh, experts will tell us what they believe ultimately this shutdown has cost America as far as GDP goes but there is no telling how many people this man has hurt pushing for this stupid wall again that can be defeated by going to a hardware store and buying a shovel or a ladder so but i don't really care i'm cool with it Grappling anyway so, so <laughs> let's move on to the next story so on friday uh yet another trump associate was arrested today after being indicted by a federal grand jury on five counts of false statement and one count of obstruction and witness tampering. Trump advisor Roger Stone was arrested in Florida this morning in the Mueller investigation. And CNN had an exclusive. Did you guys see the video? Yes, they, they were prepared with SWAT team stuff. Oh, 
my God. It was so delicious. And what my favorite thing about that story is the story that came later in the morning where uh, uh, White House uh, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sanders. said Mm -hmm. that uh, the arrest of former Trump campaign advisor Roger Stone has no link to President Trump. It's nothing to do with him. How that's another thing. Just like I talked about the association with Nazis. How many of your friends and colleagues and people who who worked with you being arrested, being indicted, and p- pleading guilty, and some currently sitting in jail? Just like remember how he said, "I'm, I'm going to hire the best people." Drain the swamp. Dra- yes, the, <laughs> drain the swamp. You no, know, the, his it, the true model was fill the swamp to overflowing. Sherry, you have any thoughts? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> enough tea man talk. It is, t- or should I say, tea baby, giant Trump baby talk. Enough of that. Let's move on to our favorite part of the show. It is time for trailer, trailer talk. talk. Where we talk about all kinds of entertainment. What is going on in the world of entertainment tone? Well, last week we spoke about uh, Netflix refusing to apologize for using a scene, some B-roll from an actual tragedy from Lac Mejantique, which, um, which unfortunately tragedy occurred in Canada. And, it, and, it, and um, this footage was featured in Bird Box. Well, Netflix has apologized, but they will not be removing it from the movie. <laughs> that, that, that goes into the category of sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we're sorry, but we're going to continue to use it. But you know what? The fact that they finally gave an apology is a huge thing. Now, I'm not going to say that because last weekly shined a light on this last week mm-hmm. and publicly shamed Netflix mm-hmm. while right after it they apologized. I'm not saying that we are the cause of this. But I'm saying I'm not saying we're not. Right. Some people are saying that there's a correlation. Mm-hmm. I think even Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, like, you know what? There is no link between that arrest and Trump. But I do believe Netflix apology may have something to do with the new podcast last weekly. Absolutely. So what's the next story? <laughs> so also in Netflix news, and speak and speaking of Bird Box, Bird Box star Sandra Bullock is gonna be re-upping with Netflix. Because she'll be featured in this brand new sci-fi fantasy called Reborn, which is going to be from the producer of It, um, and it's also going to be directed by Chris McKay. So you guys excited about seeing Sandra Bullock in some more Netflixing? Okay, I love Sandra Bullock. I've been a fan of her since I was a kid, and I love sci-fi. So, yes! Oh, my God. I am on... Oh, my God. You don't even know how on board I am. In fact, I will, I need a press pass to be able to go in behind the scenes and watch this movie be, being made. So I love Sandra Bullock. I love sci-fi. This is two great tastes that taste great together. Oh my God! It is like Netflix got chocolate in my peanut butter. Whoa! <laughs> yes. I, I am truly excited as well. Um, at first, I wasn't sure if Sandra Bullock and Netflix were, 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 were a good tie, but, you know, um, they were a good match. But they definitely proved me wrong with Bird Box, so I'm willing to see anything with Sandra Bullock and Netflix now. And, and if, there's, if, if, if there's any way to tie in some kind of life-endangering challenge with this new movie, I can't wait. <laughs> like Black Feet. Um, <laughs> and also, speaking of Netflix, there was a new trailer uh, for the, the Umbrella Academy. Uh, which is a Netflix sci-fi show. Looks like based on a comic book. 
And it was really cool. It, it kind of gave me a little bit of jitters, like like I've been watching Heroes, uh, but with a time traveling element. Uh, what do you guys think about sexy. this trailer? It reminded me also of the uh, League of Distinguished Gentlemen. It Ooh. gave me that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you guys a little bit, uh, just the the I went to IMDb to see what the what they had to say about it, and it just it, it's just like one incredibly short sentence to describe it. It says, uh, uh, um, "Let's see." A uh, uh, let's see, a disbanded group of superheroes reunite after their adopted father, who trained them to save the world, dies, and Ellen Page is in it. So all of those elements right there, like Tone said, there's time travel. There is a group of uh, surly teens. Oh, did I mention that a lot of these teens have British accents and superpowers? Uh, Superpowered teens with British accents. <laughs> uh, and, oh, and they can time travel. There's time traveling. Oh, plus Ellen Page. So I definitely summarize this trailer. You should check it out. All about it. Absolutely. It is on Heck YouTube. Yeah. And oh, by the way, this show will absolutely positively be reviewed on one podcast called TV Channeling. Did I mention that it's five star rated? <laughs> You no. didn't, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely didn't. <laughs> what else, Tone? And for um, and for you guys who were thinking about our last show last week, where we spoke about Netflix increasing their prices, Hulu actually announced that they'll be raising the cost of their live TV package, but at the same time, they'll be lowering the price of their basic streaming. So, do you guys think this is a kind of a move to like compete with Netflix and their price increase? Oh, Ooh, I see what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. And um, the funny thing is they had a deal. I actually had just dropped my Netflix account around uh, before Christmas. And then they announced, literally days after I dropped it, they had some deal where you could pay for a whole year for something like $10 or some ridiculously low price. I forget what the dollar amount was, but it was insanely low one-time payment for the whole year um, or, or uh, for the whole year if you were never subscribed to Hulu. So if you were brand new, then they're all like, yeah, we could sign you up for like a penny a day or something ridiculous. And I'm all like, oh, not cool. Because uh, I liked Hulu. They've had some interesting programming, but they canceled my, the one show that was keeping me on Hulu was Difficult People. I was all about it. And they didn't even give like a Difficult People, like, you know, movie or an hour long <laughs> episode to kind of wrap it up. Just like, if, if, if these people were so difficult, we canceled their show. So, <laughs> not cool, Hulu. And I was like, Again, I was thank you next, and I left Hulu, <laughs> and that gives me more disposable income to give to Netflix. Apparently, uh, yes, it really balanced out. Uh, I oh, I took their uh, I took Hulu's Black Friday deal, which is a dollar a month. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I am so bitter and enraged that I couldn't take a part <laughs> of that to get get a, get a piece of that deal. Um, I probably shouldn't say this uh, on the air, but Kevin, make a new email account. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jerry, I, I I love you when you're my partner in crime. Thank you. I I'm a millennial. Of course, I know how to do that. <laughs> Make a new free email. <laughs> oh my god! And also in the news, guys, we had some Tony Soprano news as it was announced that um, the late Tony Soprano actor James Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini. Uh, would actually be betraying the same character as father in a movie. 
So, okay, this is actually going to be a prequel to uh, the Soprano television show. This is going to be uh, the characters, uh, Tony Soprano's early years. Um, I guess his introduction to the mob or whatever, as far as working. So do you, are, do you guys, either of you guys actually care? I do. I'm a big Sopranos fan. And after looking up his son, who I, I didn't know was an actor, he's actually been acting. He has a strong resemblance to his father. Yeah, there was actually talk at one point, apparently, of him playing his son in the original television show, but apparently uh, decided against it. That's really odd, because um, not taking anything away from the actor who played his son, because I thought his, uh, well, I, I guess his character was very much like his father, but I could definitely see the resemblance in why they casted him. And I think uh, there's a lot of Sopranos fans out there that uh, would like to take down uh, another drive with Tony Soprano. So I think it'd be, it'd be a cool movie. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what a trailer would look like. What well, the question the to me is, is this movie really a backdoor pilot? And are they looking to do a Sopranos prequel series? Ooh. I believe if this does well, I would not be surprised if all of a sudden we're going to get 12 hours a year or 10 hours a year of uh, Sopranos the early years. As long as he can do the accent, just like Tony, I'm in for it. I'm actually still bitter. Instead of a prequel, honestly, I need a postquel because I'm still bitter about that horrible ending of the original Soprano series. And I know James Gandolfini is gone, but there are other actors. I, just to have some kind of actual real closure kind of clo for mm -hmm. some kind of closure, I would be cool with another actor playing that character because that was the worst uh, series finale to me in the history of time. Wow. <laughs> You have any thoughts on this sci-fi? The Sopranos? Are you a Soprano fan? No, I'm not. Um, but I grew up watching it because my parents were watching it. Maybe inappropriate for a kid, but whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely, I currently don't care. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> And with that said, uh, we're going to be talking about the 2019 Razzie nominees, which were, not, which were announced. And for Worst Picture, we have Gotti, starring John Travolta. We have The Happy Time Murder, starring Melissa McCarthy, who can't seem to, like, get, I don't know, she can't seem to get a hit lately. Uh, Holmes and Watson, starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Uh, Robin Hood, starring Taryn um, Egger and Jamie Foxx. And Winchester starring Helen Mirren. Um, who's what's your favorite uh, Razzie pick so far, guys? Who you think is well, well, the one thing, the most interesting thing to me about this is only in Hollywood can you have experience the highs and lows so so vastly different in one week, and that's for Melissa McCarthy. She was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress in the same week she was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Actress. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty incredible. The one that's interesting to me is the Taron Egger and Jamie Foxx movie, uh, 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 Robin Hood. That movie, they spent like oodles, goodles, giggles, gaggles, tons of money. <laughs> so much I can't even give it a quant actual real word. Just tons of cash. And that movie beyond flopped at the box office. I mean, they thought it was going to be a new franchise. And it is not. So I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's really bad or if it's just that audiences were not, like, up for another retelling of uh, the Robin Hood story. Uh, I kind of lean in towards the not up for another Robin Hood story. Yeah, make it Robin Hood in space at least, guys. Ooh. Remix it. 
like I, I like to say that on this one, I'm kind of I'm kind of like Sherry. Like I have not seen none of these, like, and I'm I'm proud because <laughs> I have exquisite taste. Welcome to my side. <laughs> I haven't seen none of these. I have exquisite taste, and I my nose definitely did not allow me to watch any of these. So that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, speaking of not having hits in a long time, it's got to be Will Ferrell. To me, has just been releasing dog after dog after dog. So there's, I can't imagine a movie. The only way I would go to see a Will Ferrell movie is if I was in it. If, it's like, <laughs> if I'm not in it, I am not seeing a Will Ferrell movie. Mm. And honestly, even if I were in it, I would fast forward through the parts where I wasn't in it. <laughs> Will Ferrell does not take good scripts. <laughs> no, I, not since the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. You're completely right. But you know what? But I will say, the moment the Happy Time Murders uh, makes it onto Netflix, I will be watching it. And for those of you who don't know, it's the it's like a police procedural where there's a world where like Sesame Street is a real place where there's puppets that walk around and live lives, and and they have sex lives, and there's there's puppet strippers, and it's a seedy underworld, and uh, there's been a murder in Happy Time, which I guess is like their Sesame Street, and uh, and Melissa McCarthy along with her her renegade puppet partner have to solve these grisly puppet murders. And so it's wow. so crazy and so wacky. I don't I don't do drugs, but I feel like I need to start doing them while I watch this movie because I think it'd be a good time. Wow. I just learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Joan? Well, uh, we're going to give you a brief but yet concise look into which upcoming movies we're looking most forward to. So um, here's our very quick but virtual guide of which films we're looking forward to in, in the spring and summer upcoming this year. Kevin, you want to kick it off? Oh, my God. I don't have the list in for Wait, let me, let me get the <laughs> okay. list. Okay. <laughs> Sherry, do you want to tell us what movies you're most looking forward to this year? Oh, I thought you were going to read the list to us. And then we I thought you were going to tell us as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought we were giving our own personal movies. Oh, just uh, uh, read us a couple of the highlighted names of the movies. And then uh, let me pull up the list then. Because I thought that you were going to actually read the list. And then we're going to say which movies we were excited about. Well, let um, me tell you which movies I'm excited about. Okay, There's yeah, Avengers Endgame, which I think is just going to be awesome. It's going to probably break $2 billion. It's going to be a mega box office hit. And it's going to tell us how the hell Spider-Man Far From Home happened. Uh, there's also Spider-Man Far From Home, which is going to follow Avengers Endgame. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how the hell he got back. Uh, there's also the follow-up to Wonder Woman, which is going to play, take place in 2020. And there's definitely another 2019 movie, which I can't wait to see, which is The Joker, which is going to be happening Halloween. Now, yes, these are all comic book movies, but I think these are all going to be huge box office draws. Kevin, do you have your list? Okay, I don't have my list, but I will say I pretty much am co-signing on your list. Everything that you talked about, I am all about Wonder Woman. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the Wonder Woman reimagining because for me, I've always said Wonder Woman will always be Linda Carter to me, always and forever. But um, <laughs> but I really, I Gal Gadot. And even more so than her was Robin Wright playing her badass aunt. They need to find some kind of magic to bring her back to life for the sequel <laughs> because I was all about it. So I am absolutely looking forward to that. Oh, there's one other thing that's uh, that I will add to the list that you didn't mention. And I'm almost kind of embarrassed to say that I'm excited about this movie. And um, the kid who would be king. 
Oh. I was surprised how much I got into the whole Harry Potter thing because honestly, I was too old to be into it. But I will say, I was one of those creepy adults who was at bookstores in the middle of the night when the when they opened up the when the when the new books came out, and I was uh, that was uh, that that wasn't there with the kid. That's super creepy. So I wasn't that into it, and I wasn't <laughs> and I wasn't there in the theater by myself, surrounded by children. But <laughs> the moment they were available for like streaming or DVD, I was all about it. And I really love those movies, and I I love that world. That's why I'm actually excited about. Uh, I'm enjoying the uh, uh, Fantastic Beast movies because it's like keep that world alive. If we're going to yes. read Hogwarts, keep the world alive. Absolutely. But the king, uh, the kid who would be king. I saw the trailer for that. That movie looks like so much fun. It brings like that that total Harry Potter vibe, and I'm I'm excited about that one as well. What about you, Sherry? Well, I'm excited about John Wick, Chapter Three, and International um, Men in Black. Those are two that I'm definitely looking forward to, which we also talked about in previous episodes. I like how she plugged that. <laughs> wow. Well, I can't believe we're almost at the end of the show. So this is the part of the show uh, where, you know, because this has been a rough week. And let's face it, every week for a long time, it's been rough weeks. So we like to talk about our favorite thing about the week. Let's talk about some good stuff. So, Tone, Sherry, what was your favorite part of this week? Ladies first. <laughs> I like how you did that. Um <laughs> My favorite part of the week is uh, when uh, Tone is showing that uh, not all men, hashtag not all men, um, were being referred to in the Gillette commercial because he let me talk about my favorite thing first. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love how only one of us is not a toxic male. Wow. I love it. Next week, you go first, Tone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Sherry. Uh, My favorite part about this week came very late today. Like, after after looking up and researching all the shutdown stories, like, it it was a lot. Like, a lot of people have have had a lot of hardship uh, because of the shutdown. And it's been, if, 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 if you weren't looking it up like me, I'm sure you guys were subjected to it through social media and through the news. So to hear that even, I, even though it's just three weeks that um, um, these federal workers are going to get some pay and um, almost a million people that are affected are actually going to get paid finally. I think that's the best part of this week, uh, in my opinion. All right. You know what, Tone? I got to co-sign with that, and I'm all about it, that it's the best part of this week is that this, this stupid Trump calls nightmare is over for now. We, we, we've got until February 15th Mm-hmm. Uh, for people to actually uh, get paid and and be able to get sleep at night, knowing that they can feed their children, mm-hmm. I am. Th- it's absolutely the best part of the week. And the good part is, not one dollar after all this pain, not one dollar is going towards that stupid racist wall. Favorite part, hands down. All okay, right. I have a question. So AOC, she was um she got to be on that committee. Did that happen this week? Completely. Um, AOC is going to be an investigative committee. I was reading that. Was I, that this week? 
I just don't know if that was this week or last week. I think well, that, I think that she was. I think it was named this week that she's going to be on this committee. Um, uh, that, but I don't think anything's happened yet. I don't. Think. Okay, well, that's my favorite thing to hear about this week. Boom. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Oh, okay. Again, that's I thought, a wrap. I thought your favorite thing was that you had one co-host that wasn't a toxic male. <laughs> Only one, apparently. <laughs> All right. So, on that incredibly hurtful note, it's time for another episode of Last Weekly. Anybody want to say goodbye? Okay. Wait. Wait. Kevin, you let me go first at the beginning of the show. You are also hashtag not all men. Yay. <laughs> Goodbye from the three of us to you. Bye. All right. And one other thing I want to say. If you have. <laughs> 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 Again, I'm wrapping it up. Okay, well, I wanted to say before the laughter and cheering. Oh my God. Did you guys go to Covington Catholic School? Oh, no. Apparently you didn't because you're not white. But anyway, let me say. <laughs> so, uh, I wanted to say if there are any news stories that you guys see during the week that you want us to talk about, please let us know. You can let us know on Twitter at Last Weekly on Twitter. And you can also let us know here on Anchor. Call in a question and we might actually play your question or the topic you want to talk about here on the show. We love to hear from you. So let us know what you're thinking about. And also, we'd love to hear throughout the week, what was your favorite part of the week? If you let us know what your favorite part of the week is, we will definitely give you a shout out and even maybe chat you up about it. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Last Weekly and join us for the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end until we say so. so. Bye. Bye. Bye.